What's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me on another exciting episode of Data. My name is Brian, and I look forward to sharing with you another amazing guest today. But first, if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please make sure you get out there and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Now sit back and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everyone. Just a reminder, if you haven't subscribed yet, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of my weekly episodes. My guest today is a retired professional bodybuilder and competitor. He's the director of the Global Bodybuilding Organization. He is also the founder and CEO of Stormtrooper Productions and runs events in Las Vegas, Phoenix, and the Houston area. He is the creator and host of the top-rated Are You Man Enough podcast, and he is one of the most influential individuals on Clubhouse, hosting several rooms and clubs. More importantly, he is a husband and a father of three kids. He's become a great friend of mine, and I'm thrilled he has taken the time out of his busy day to join us. Please welcome the incredible Matt Storm to Dad Up. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, thank you for having me, Brian. It's a pleasure. Awesome. Thank you for uh, taking the time out of your day. Always a pleasure speaking with you, and I'm so glad we've uh, we've become friends over the last uh, couple months. So let me ask you this, uh, just kind of for my listeners who may not know more about you, kind of give me a backstory of Matt, because, you know, to be honest, we've met each other for a few months. I don't even know the complete backstory to Matt Storm. So um, let my listeners know who you are exactly, a little backstory, and then also about your family. This is about, about our kids, so about your family, your wife, and your kids. Sure, sure, Brian. Thank you for asking. You know, just a brief history. Um, I was born in uh, Chicago and lived there for a few years uh, before my parents ended up getting divorced when I was four. And um, my sister, I have an older sister who's seven years old, we got a chance to move to Houston, Texas, and uh, my mom and my sister and I grew up in an area where, you know, we didn't have everything we wanted, but we had everything that we needed, and we got by, and we made sure to be able to look out for each other and, and take care of ourselves. Uh, I've been in Houston, and um, when I graduated from high school here, I, I decided to go back to Illinois uh, to serve my first year and get my pilot's license, uh, and I was going to pursue aviation when about midway through, um, after I got certified with a few of uh, the things that were up there, moved back down to Houston, uh, closer to my family down here, and pursued a business degree. Got a chance to graduate from the University of Houston, uh, also while playing sports, and uh, started to coach. Uh, I played volleyball uh, in college, and I decided to give back when I moved back because I got involved with my coach, who originally coached me through high school. Um, Met my wife in 2002, and uh, we ended up getting married in 2010. So we're going on almost 19 years of knowing each other, 11 years of marriage, and we have three beautiful kids. We have a 10-year-old daughter, an 8-year-old daughter, and a 7-year-old son. So that's just in a nutshell about me. I uh, also run events nationally for, for bodybuilding and involved in directing two states and, and responsible for those two areas is in my organization right now. Wow. Well, very cool. I uh, I did not know that. I mean, I, I guess I'd heard a little bit about that, about your kind of your aviation experience. Uh, what kind of drove you to try to go down that road? Is I mean, pilot's licenses is a great uh, accomplishment. What inspired you to do that? Yeah, there's two things, Brian, and, and I appreciate you asking because my grandfather flew for American Airlines all of his life. Um, he always loved the art of flying and also the science behind it. And uh, when my grandmother and my grandfather lived in California, they were out in Orange County, and uh, 
that was a passion of theirs. And my, my grandfather always at least owned one to do aircraft. And interestingly enough, when he flew for American and retired, he never flew commercial again. The very last flight that he was a captain of was his last commercial flight of his life. And from then on, he chose to fly himself privately in his own planes anywhere he went. He eventually, fast forward, uh, moved to Las Vegas and uh, basically settled there, and that's where he lived out the rest of his life. Uh, my father was also a pilot, and um, he, started in, uh, he started in Illinois out of Chicago here, and uh, we lived in Naperville for a short time and, and also in Hinsdale, and he ended up retiring, and um, he was also with American Airlines. So I thought it would be a third-generation thing that that was kind of the thing to do in the family, and I quickly realized that, you know, with the way that I saw life being lived and the generations that, you know, were continuing some of the really great legacies, yet also some of the habits that didn't serve the families well, we knew, um, my wife and I, you know, I, she wasn't at the time, but I knew that that was going to take a huge toll on family life. And even though it was a, a great job to be able to travel and see the world, that's initially what I thought. And I had to turn my selfish thoughts into selfless and really have a future later on down the road. And uh, I saw both my parents and my grandparents struggle, uh, not only with their relationships, but also uh, raising kids. You know, it's tough to be an absent father, and that's something that I didn't want for my family. And knowing that if I got moved up and I would be traveling, inter traveling internationally, there would be days on end that I wouldn't see my family, three to four days at a time. And I didn't want to come back exhausted and have to take a day to prepare to get ready for a flight that I was flying 12 to 16 hours for and move different time zones and come halfway across the world to see my family and be exhausted to see them, yet to do it all over again. So really, I felt that business might have served my future family better at the time. I didn't know why I was doing it, but I felt compelled to be able to show up for my family in a way that they would benefit. I could be an influence with my kids and have impact on their lives and hopefully be able to be the dad that, you know, after all said and done, they say, Dad, thank you for doing everything that you did. You might not have done everything right, but you were there. And the presence is the one thing that I wanted for my father, and that's the one thing that I wanted to give to my kids. Mm. So you sacrificed. I mean, uh, you know, us as dads, we carry this, this weight or this burden on our shoulders to feel like we have to be that financial provider for the family. And sometimes um, – the careers that we choose take us away from our families uh, for periods of time. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, I was in the military. It's one of the reasons why I decided to get out of the military is because I didn't want to raise a family in a military lifestyle because I didn't know how often I was going to be around or be present because I would be on these various deployments. And so, so you sacrificed kind of giving up, you know, that, that, passion of going into aviation because of uh, your future family at the time. You didn't even know what was down the road for you, but you knew that had you taken this career path, it was going to take you away from them. Um, so that's, so did that kind of guide you? You ran, played volleyball and all that, but did that, did that kind of guide you into bodybuilding? I mean, that's kind of, we're talking aviation, bodybuilding, two different, two different career paths. Um, what really drove you to go into bodybuilding? Yes, that, that is an even more amazing question, Brian. And first, I just want to thank you for your service as a Marine. I know that that's something that, you know, we really, truly appreciate. Not only, you know, just what you've done for your country, but also how you continue to pour into us and your friendships. And, 
you know, aviation and bodybuilding are two separate animals. And uh, if you've ever heard Tony Robbins say, look, there's four main needs of humans. And number one is significance. How do they feel significant in their life? Number two is uncertainty. They need some sort of uncertainty to stay on their toes. You know, and also certainty. The routine is incredibly important. And then variety. You know, what's going to be different in our lives where we're not continuing to burn out in the same things that are in front of us? And, you know, um, I, I really enjoy aviation. I love to fly. I love just the, uh, the art behind it, you know, as far as communication. I also love the freedom, being able to move through airspace in different cities at, you know, having that independence, right? When we get our driver's license, when we're 16 or 15 or 17, whatever age that is, we do have a sense of independence and freedom that we can go anywhere and do anything. And, you know, when I thought about what I wanted to do for my family, I had no idea what it was going to look like. You know, we don't know sometimes what our future wives or kids or spouses are going to look like in the way that they behave and act. And I think the bodybuilding came along on accident. I wanted to be able to be optimally healthy for my children and my family because, like you said, you know, you weren't sure in the military when or where you were going to be or fit in or be around. And I wanted that, you know, and I knew that if I didn't take care of myself uh, on the nutrition aspect, on the exercise and training aspect, I needed to be the best for not only myself, but them. And how could I lead by example if I wasn't taking care of myself? I want my family to be able to take care of themselves and be interdependent. It's much better to have an interdependent relationship with our kids as they grow up and we equip them, you know, for the different chapters in their life that they enter into. I want to make sure that, number one, they go in confidently and boldly, even though they might not be sure of the outcome. Also, if they need counsel, I want them to be able to feel comfortable enough to where they can come to me. That's a great answer, and I love that you hit on the fact that you wanted, you're taking care of your own self, meaning your body, so that you can be there for your kids and family long term. Too many times when I was a, uh, I guess a, a young dad, uh, I saw I saw a lot of dads that I knew or were acquaintances to that didn't necessarily take care of their bodies, and and all I could all I pictured all I pictured was being this sixty year old man that didn't have the energy to keep up with my family or my kids. And I didn't want that. It's one of the reasons why you know, I, I hated running in the military. But when I got out of the military and started having kids, I knew I needed to start taking care of myself. So I started running. I did a lot of running. And, um, you know, running's not the best, but I'm not a, you know, unlike you, I'm not, a, I'm not devoted to working out with weights. It's just not something that doesn't really interest me all that much. Now, I will do that from time to time, but running is really what helps keep my cardiovascular system in check. And, you know, my family and my wife's family, I mean, we both have cardiovascular um, disease in our family history. So I want to be there long-term for my kids just as you do for yours. So that's great that uh, that's how you see it. And, and you know, you're instilling in them some, some values and um, – I guess, some self-discipline and how to take care of their bodies when they get older, when your kids get older. You've got a long ways to go at 10, 8, and 7, but when they get older, they're going to see what their dad and their mom did for, their, for themselves personally, and they'll carry that on when, when they're older and have kids as well, so that's cool. Now, I've got to ask you this, because you're huge into fitness, huge into taking care of yourself. What's your favorite burger? If we're going to go grab lunch right now, Matt, and you can eat anything you want, what are you, what are you eating? Uh, well, 
I believe you're a California man, and you might appreciate this answer, Brian. <laughs> in and out Burger, animal style. That's just got to be the way to go, my friend. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. I knew you were going to go there. That's cool. Um, awesome. Now, Stormtrooper Productions, I know that, you know, runs events and, and such, but tell me a little bit more about that, and then I want to dive right into your family. Yes. This was a, a really interesting accident as well. You know, a lot of times we plan a vision out, and then we take a left turn and realize that we've created something on the side that might not have been intended, but became a huge blessing. Mm. And, you know, I was looking up articles of incorporation one day, and I'm like, okay, so I, I just had this idea. After I retire, I want to put on a bodybuilding show of my own. And so what I did was I just kind of put it out there in the universe, right? And sure enough, the universe talked back and said, I think that's a good idea. And so I, had, I went directly to the president, and I go, can I have a show under your organization? And he's like, absolutely. And we learned the ins and outs of, of production and an event needs to look like under this organization. And, you know, I ran my very first event. It was about three and a half years ago, almost four years ago to this point. And I wanted to create something to where all of the things that I saw that I appreciated with events being run, I wanted to duplicate or replicate that. Also, have every single person feel special or be able to walk away and said that was a well-run event and I would come back and do it again. So for bodybuilding, we have different categories. We have what we call beach body, we have bikini, uh, we have figure, we have shape, we have wellness. We have all these different things based on body types, right? The smaller guys who can get really conditioned, they typically do a beach body category. For the leaner type ladies, they do bikini or beach body. For more muscle, they'll typically do bodybuilding or they will do what we call figure. For the South American um, type look, they're a little bit thicker in the lower half of the body, thicker uh, quads glutes, mm -hmm. hamstrings, their, their legs are a little bit bigger, so they get a chance to compete in the category that fits the criteria for how they look. And when I ran that first event, I'm like, you know what, maybe we could create a brand. We could create a vision. And so I looked under the articles of incorporation and looked, okay, so Stormtroopers, I really like Star Wars. I wonder if Stormtrooper Productions is available. So I filed my, with my LLC with the state of Texas, and I said, we have one show, Let's do this and see what happens. Turns out it was a huge success, hmm. so much so it became the largest show in its first year ever in the history of the organization with numbers wow. to really carry a large influence. Now, as we all know, with COVID last year, we also pulled off our second year, and this was even larger than the first year under restrictions. And so it ended up creating more of, a, more of a feeding frenzy. They're like, what are these guys doing? And I had no idea. A lot of these things happened by accident. And then this year, present day, where we're at right now, we're currently in production in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, we also have two shows in production in Las Vegas, Nevada, at the MGM Grand in November. And then we just yesterday wrapped up our new venue, which will be at Moody Gardens in Galveston, Texas, which is a huge vacation and family resort. But really what goes into the start to the beginning takes about a year to plan. Uh, we have social media staff, and what we do is we plan out everything in advance, get everything ordered, get everything set up, visioned, mocked up, and then we put that into uh, execution. <laughs> you want to talk about busy. Having one event would keep somebody busy enough. Having four, it is definitely a full-time job, but it's also so rewarding at the same time. Wow, that's awesome. Well, first of all, congratulations on, you know, kind of 
seeing that vision for what you wanted to do and, and, and making it successful, not only in what you're doing now, but at the very first event, that's, that's incredible. So that's, that's awesome. One year to create one uh, event is, I mean, that's, that, that requires some dedication right there. So that's cool. Very good, Matt. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. I love the name Stormtrooper Productions. So I, that's why I wanted to kind of touch on it, give you a little bit of a, a chance to uh, kind of plug it and also talk about the name because <laughs> everybody sees Stormtrooper. They know what that means. So uh, yeah. very cool. There and is one thing to add to that, Brian, yeah. if you don't mind yeah. me adding. Go ahead. What was really interesting about really the whole reason of the genesis for this was my daughter asked me if she could compete as a 10-year-old and then as an 8-year-old. So she competed in the very first inaugural event in what we call Kids Fitness. No and that was, kidding. Yes. And so it was really cool because um, we actually had six children do a, either a gymnast or gymnastics routine, a dance routine, a, a martial arts routine, and then it grew to 13 the next year. And now there are well over 25 kids who want to sign up and do this category. But the reason why I tell you that is because the legacy of what we're creating I want to be able to pass down to my daughter if that's what she yes. chooses or wants to do to continue that legacy to give back to other people. Yes, that's awesome. And that was actually going to be one of my questions is how, how involved has your family been? Because I know, you know, obviously you require some traveling and, and obviously you're behind the scenes doing a lot of a million different things, but getting your family involved and the fact that your daughter came to you and expressed an interest to be a part of it is awesome. Uh, that's cool. So is that going to be part of the four shows that you have coming up? Are you going to do another KISS event? Every year we have it at the Storm Classic, uh, which is in Galveston in Houston, Texas. Um, we have had requests in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, where we're having it in Scottsdale to do KISS Fitness there as well. And um, we're not really sure we're going to make that decision and make that call this month. I like for it to be a part because, interestingly enough, we have fathers and sons, daughters and sons, fathers and mothers who compete, and also daughters and moms. So a lot of the kids who end up being in our competition, they're either professionals or amateurs, either in our organization or in others, because we're one of the very few shows and brands that do that. And the self-confidence that someone gets at eight years old to get up in front of a 1,000 people and perform a 60-second routine and put it all on the line, it, you, you would just see the difference when they get off stage. They're excited. Some of them are scared and nervous when they do it. My daughter cried the first time she did because she wasn't <laughs> sure if she was good enough. And after that, she ran off stage and gave me a big hug and was so appreciative of the fact wow. that she did it and she was able to on that stage. Wow, that's awesome. What a great memory for you and your wife to have. That's so cool. And your daughter, for that matter. That's so awesome. Very cool. Well, let me ask you this, kind of diving into your father role. You've got 10, 8, and 7, two girls and a boy. You so you I mean you still got I got I got a little bit of years on you as far as uh, being a dad but you know what give me something that Matt enjoys most about being a dad yeah that that one's good and I, I would say that this this sounds really weird I almost enjoy what I do to a point where I get to miss my family mm. and I'll explain in just kind of a brief paragraph here. A lot of times when we spend too much time with someone, doesn't matter how much we love them, we can tend to get what we call cabin fever, where we take them for granted and we appreciate them a little bit less because we're used to seeing them there. And frankly, we're human. 
you know, we can get on their nerves, they can get on ours, and, and really, truly, it's, it's about the connection and the relationship to be able to not only deepen it, but widen it. And, you know, I found that, you know, being with someone every day or every other day, I enjoy when they go to school because I love picking them up and hearing about what else they got to experience outside of the household. When I get them to bed at night, we get to read to them. We get to talk with them, and they close their eyes. And I guess the best part of the day is when I get a chance to see the kids sleeping peacefully. I always like to go into each one of their rooms and just kind of take a look and just see their faces because it's so soothing and it's such a heartfelt moment that I know that's not going to be there forever. You know, I know in 10 years when they don't want me around when they're a teenager and they're doing their own thing and when they go off to college or they go get married and have a family of their own, you know, we might not be as relevant as we used to be when they were kids, but we're also still a big part of their life to where when we do see them, even though it might not be every day, we appreciate each other's time and company and we can really get a chance to celebrate and look back on the accomplishments knowing that they have developed fully into someone they wanted to be. And it's a never-ending job, like you said, Brian. i got a ways to go. There's so much for me to learn. I learn from you. I learn from other gentlemen every single day. I just try to appreciate the moments that I know I'm never going to get back and hold those somewhere in my memory banks. So that way when I do get frustrated, when I do get angry, or when we have that moment where we're just like, why are we doing this? The why immediately comes flooding back. Well, this is why. This is why I peeked in on those nights to see their faces and to see them sleeping peacefully. Those are the things that I treasure, and that is the reason why I believe that God put these three beautiful kids in my life and a beautiful wife who supports me unconditionally. So good, Matt. And I love that you talk about, you know, we get we can get in this kind of this rut of, uh, you know, we're around our family so much that, you know, we can get burnt out to a certain extent. We get burnt out. And I love the fact that you brought up, hey, I do travel, but I get to miss my family because I get to come back to them and appreciate them more for, for the fact that I was away. But, you know, a lot of times, well, I think speaking of COVID, you know, COVID this last year was really tough, right? A lot of families were kind of cooped up in the house together. And, uh, I mean, we've heard that the statistics out there, there was a lot of uh, mental abuse, physical abuse, and people going through hard times uh, together as a family because they're just cooped up in a, in a house. And for, for my family, it was a little bit different because we were still able to kind of get out and do our own thing. But I know that can be a challenge. You're talking about building a bond with your kids, Matt. That is so awesome. And even though I love that you mentioned the fact that, you know, when your kids are older, they're not going to necessarily – it's not that they won't appreciate you. It's just that they won't necessarily want to hang out with you all the time. Uh, That's something that's going to happen. And the fact that you're so aware of building the bond now is going to help that – when that time comes, it's going to help you – uh, have that stronger relationship, even though they don't want to be around you. My boys were the same way. When they hit those teenage years, they didn't want to hang out with me anymore. And I didn't take offense by it. I just knew that this was a phase of their life that they wanted to kind of be independent and kind of build that, you know, that, that source of uh, friendships and, and connection outside of the home. And for me, though, it was something that I was so connected with them when they were growing up, when they were, you know, your kid's age or younger, our bond was so strong 
that I knew that when that time came, that their teenage years, they wouldn't want to hang out with me. I knew that they would come back. I knew that our bond was still strong enough that when we hit those 19, 20, 21-year-old ages, that they would still have a such a great connection with me that we were going to have good and long relationships. So um, your kids are going to hit that phase. Obviously, you know, you and your wife are preparing for it, but just know that you're developing the bond right now with them at a younger age that's going to carry when they could, when they do come back, because they will. Uh, let me ask you this: You know, we got, we all face challenges as dads. You're gonna, you're gonna go through some challenges through the teenage years coming up. What challenges do you face right now as a dad? I have to take a breath for this one because mm. um, I, I believe the challenges are ever evolving. As you know, we thought a crisis seven years ago is is a piece of cake now, right? And I, I truly believe that's because the way that we learn as parents, because since we weren't given the textbook or we don't have a master's or Ph.D. in parenting, you know, a new set of issues rises when you have five kids under five years old, right? Because you're essentially in survival mode. And when they grow up and they get maybe into the toddler, now you really have to pay attention because <laughs> some of them are walking and, you know, you have to childproof the house. And then when they get to walking and talking, it's a whole other ballgame, right? And so now I'm at this stage in life where, you know, my older daughter wants to hang out with older girls, and, you know, it's the battle of social media and having electronics and what they want in their room as opposed to what they are entitled to and what they have to earn. So it's a never-ending, I think, um, set of issues that kind of gets thrown at us and how we respond to them, not react, but respond. I've learned uh, there's somebody – who always told me to pause, breathe, and reflect before anything. I think we have an instinctual way of reacting to something when we don't like it or we already know the answer to it. And so what I have found, this, you might find this interesting because we've never talked about this. I have found that when someone asks me a question and I know the answer, does it really serve that person to give them the answer right away? And what I found was the more often I answered them, the more questions they would ask and not think for themselves or do any research, which became almost a dependency issue. Now, I'm not doing this in a condescending way. I'm doing it in a very curious and authentic way. So, for example, if uh, one of my kids asked me, hey, Dad, how do you do this? Oh, that's a great question. How would you do it? And what that does is it it, it almost forces them to say, well, I, I didn't really think about that. Let me think about how I would do it. And now what we're doing is we're hopefully getting our kids to critically, instead of just depend on someone to solve all their issues or answer all of their questions. And we have to be able to think for ourselves. I know I have met some extremely intelligent kids, very well behaved. And what I noticed about them is I always link them to their parents in the way that they brought them up. I think that's a direct link. You know, there is a correlation. And I believe that, you know, even though I don't do everything right, if I could just get that one thing for my kids to think on their own and do it early to the point where they're going to make good decisions and it might be something I agree with and they're not going to make good decisions and I might disagree with it, I want them to feel a consequence both good and bad. I want them right. to be able to reap the reward when they made a great decision. I also want them to feel maybe a little bit of struggle if they didn't. Because my father didn't give me everything. Matter of fact, he didn't give me much, and that's what I appreciated about him so much. You know, a lot of people say my parents weren't there for me. Well, they were. They also, if they let you live, that's probably the greatest blessing that you could get. 
And that's one of the greatest gifts. My father passed away almost five years ago. As a matter of fact, it was two days ago, five years ago. Uh, March 29th is the date. And I'll remember that day because I remember I started to understand why he did what we, he did. And I couldn't express that gratitude in thanking him for the things that he also didn't do. And he always caused me and challenged me to think for myself and do my own homework and research on things. And I think, I believe, that made me a better person. Uh, I think it's debatable, right? But I truly believe that uh, as I pass that down to my kids, I hope they are able to feel the effect that their grandfather had through me on the things that he really did well. And I believe that that's a big challenge that we face right now. And I believe that it will get ever-evolving, especially as they move into the teenage years. And hopefully, we'll be able to walk away with something that's caught, not taught. And I'm not Mm -hmm. sure what that is yet, but we'll get a chance to see here very soon. Lessons are important, and that's awesome that you brought that up. I love the fact that you're doing that with your kids. It's so important, and and here's why. I I see it more and more happening more and more with our kids in in parenting, and it's that uh, kind of taking care of them and this this fact that they have to be so reliant upon our guidance or structure or answers. The fact that you're asking your kids, you think about what you would do in this situation or how you would handle this or how you would answer this. And then you can obviously guide them or direct them. But I think it's so important for us as parents to give our kids that confidence to make the decision whether it's good or bad or whether it leads them, uh, I guess, it doesn't turn out the way they want it to or it does. Give them that confidence because that's only going to help them later in life. We know that life can hit you in the chin when you, when you grow up. And if we're so heavy into, into doing everything for our kids, they're going, to, they're, they're going to struggle when they become an adult because life's going to hit them and they're not going to know how to handle it. For my boys, my older son just graduated from college. But when he was a freshman in college and we sent him off, he went to Grand Canyon University. When we sent him off to Arizona, we were worried about him as parents. Obviously, the natural thing is to worry about your son being in another state, having to care for himself and take care of himself. But we also knew that we guided him and helped him learn things such as cooking, simple things like cooking and simple things like doing the laundry. He knew those things as a teenager, so that way when he went away to college, he didn't have to ask mom and dad, hey, how do I do this or what do I do here? Were there things that he did ask us that he was unsure of? Sure, but they're most for the most part, he was independent. He knew how to take care of himself. So that's so important that you're doing that with your kids now because you're setting them up for success as adults. So um, I commend you for that, brother. Appreciate that. Oh, thank you. And just one point to that, too. You know, I guess the struggle that we have right now is, hey, do you take care of the things that you have? Are they your possessions? If they're in your room, do you claim ownership? And so one of the fun struggles that we have is, Do you make your bed every day? Do you pick up your toys? Do you pick up your clothes? Do you treat them with respect? And, you know, a lot of these things they didn't earn, and now we're in the money-earning phase. So it will be very interesting to see how they deal with money and the way and the attitude that they save, they spend, and they also contribute. So we're looking to try and plant seeds with them right now that hopefully not only do they just spend all the money that they get, and they earn it, by the way. They're not given allowance. They earn it for chores that they do, not that they don't do. I'm interested to see how they give back. And two of my kids are very giving. They always love to share, and that just warms my heart. That's so cool. That's awesome. And you, you kind of reminded me of something. It's something that 
you know, yesterday, I just had this happen with my younger son yesterday. He, he used his own money. He, he works for, you know, he does DoorDash and, and because he's in college, but he does DoorDash at night. And so he's earned his own money and he went and purchased an Apple watch. He wanted one for, for I don't know why, but he did. And so it's his money. He spent it. Um, and then he asked me yesterday, he said, Dad, I, I want to uh, sync up my Apple Watch to receive texts and phone calls without my phone being around. But in order for me to do that, it's going to charge me an extra 10 bucks a month on your, because he's on my account, your bill. So what I want to ask you is, if I do this and I pay you, would you be okay if I did this? And can I pay you the 10 bucks a month that it's going to cost me? Now, I can, I can take care of the 10 bucks a month format. That's not a problem. But I didn't want him to feel that, you know, just have that freedom. So I said, yes, you can pay me the 10 bucks a month. And then last night he told me, he said, dad, I set it up. Thanks for letting me do that on your account. Just let me know when you pay the bill so I can pay you the 10 bucks back. And so I want him to feel that it's something that it's a, it doesn't, it's not something that he needs to have. He wanted to have. So I wanted him to feel the pressure of having to pay that bill. And he's 19 years old. You know what I mean? So um, that's cool. Awesome. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Now I know we're, we're going kind of long, but I wanted to get one more question in there and then I'm going to let you go. Uh, if sure. you don't mind. Always. Okay. okay. Let me ask you this. You got 10, eight and seven. They're young. They're at that age right now that I think this would be a great question for them. If I were to ask your kids, Tell me something about your dad. What would you hope that your kids would say about you? Wow. That's, um, that's a very, very good question, and it's a very interesting question because I believe that depending on when you ask them, whether, you know, <laughs> I just said no to something or whether I just said yes, I right. believe that that answer can vary. I, I do believe this, though. I, I think they would think very critically about that, and they hopefully would say that, look, he did what he could, and he did his best, and he gave me the things that I needed. And just like I started, you know, when we started talking, I never want to always give them the things that they want because the appreciation tends to be diminished when people are given things just because they're them. Now, I also don't want to attach that to their self-worth. I, I just I hope that they would always say he did the best job that he could. He was imperfect, but I wouldn't have any other dad but him. And I think if that was the summation of everything that they came up with, no matter how they phrased it or how they tried to encapsulate it, I was the right guy that was there for them when they needed me, and I was the right guy that taught them the things that they needed to know to make it through life. That's awesome. I know they would say those things uh, just, just based on how, you know, the person that you are and the dad that I know you are and the way that you and Leanne, a parent, and our you know, not only husband and wife, but you guys are friends. And uh, so I I know that they would say that about you. So I appreciate you answering that. And, you know, it's a question that we should, to be honest, Matt, it's a question we should ask our kids, just straight up ask them and not only ask them at the age that they're at now, 10, 8, and 7, but ask them when they're teenagers and then ask them when they're approaching being an adult. Ask them that question because, you know, they'll they'll speak very open with you. and, And at least I hope they would. They would speak very open with you and just tell you exactly what's on their mind. Um, so I do ask my kids that question from time to time, not, not a whole lot, uh, you know, every few years or so, I just ask them that question because I want to know if I'm doing the job I'm supposed to be doing. So, uh, very cool. Now, uh, let me ask you this. If, uh, my listeners wanted to look you up, kind of learn a little bit more about you, what's, 
where's the best place for them to do that? If they wanted to reach out to you, what's the best place for them to do that? Sure. Um, on Facebook, there's a lot of Matthew Storms. Um, I guess the uh, the Instagram is uh, pretty unique in the fact that, you know, there's only one handle. It's Matt with two T's, M-A-T-T, Storm Official, uh, M-A-T-T-S-T-O-R-M, Official. Um, also on YouTube, we have the GBO Podcast and the Matt Storm channel. Uh, you know, really, truly, it, it's just uh, if they can find me on social media, always happy to help answer any questions. Uh, would love to hear any insights or anything that we can do to continue to serve our community. Very cool. Well, uh, I appreciate that, Madness, and I appreciate you, uh, who you are as an individual and also who you are as my friend. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time. I know we went long, but I appreciate you taking the time to uh, kind of go over your kind of your family history and also the history of Matt and uh, what you are and who you are. You're just a really good guy, and I'm just so glad that we are friends and look forward to uh, to growing our friendship, brother. Well, I have to tell you, Brian, it's a huge honor, first of all, to know you. I appreciate the time. Look, I could spend all day with you because time flies. We just have such great conversations, and I love your your insight. I love your input into our lives. And, you know, you're someone who's definitely bringing the awareness that needs to happen because a lot of us guys do feel lonely at times. You know, I, we can talk about things with our spouse. But we can talk about things with brothers in a different way. And we can be open and transparent, and that's what you are. And I believe that that's one of the reasons why you're deeply respected in not only your community, but just the people that you touch and are, you know, really associated with you. So I just want to say thank you to you. It's just a true honor and a pleasure to, uh, to be able to speak with you anytime. Well, there you have it. Another exciting episode complete. My guest today certainly represents the data community very well. Continue to stay tuned because my shows with amazing guests comes out every week. You don't want to miss out. Please help the show by subscribing and leaving a rating. I would love your feedback. If you know anyone this show could help, please share it with them. I don't want anyone missing out on what it takes to be a great parent. If you have comments or questions, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page, Data Podcast. I read all your comments and respond to them all. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. This is Data. Up.